It's about time to take your great idea and turn it into a reality with Squarespace. They make it easier than ever to launch your passion project. Are you trying to showcase your work or sell products of any kind? Well, you can use their beautiful templates and customize just about anything and make a beautiful website all by yourself. And if you get stuck, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support that is there to help. Go to squarespace.com grace for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code grace to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Chris, and helping the first. This is a very, guess what, exciting episode. Our Lady J is here with us. If you don't know who she is, educate yourself, goddammit, because she's been educating everyone on everything. She is the most insanely wonderful, elegant person I think I've ever met. She's an award-winning writer, a groundbreaking activist. She's won a Peabody Award. She's just, she writes on Pose, transparent. She pushes her dogs around in strollers at art museums. She does it all and she has the most calming voice that you will ever hear. So even if you don't retain any of the information from this episode, I encourage you to listen to it all the way through because it is so soothing. I forgot where I was for most of the time. Enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Our Lady J. Not, not too deep. Excuse you, do you have a great idea that you'd like to turn into a reality? Well then I have a company that can help you do it. It's Squarespace. They make it easier than ever to launch your passion project, whether you want to showcase your work or sell products of any kind. They have beautiful templates and the ability to customize just about anything so you can easily make a beautiful website all by yourself. But if you get stuck, they have 24-7 award-winning customer support that is there to help you out. Head to squarespace.com grace for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code grace to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. <laughs> Yesterday morning, I woke up, I took like gummy vitamins, and then I got extremely, extremely exhausted. And I was like, why did I get so tired? I don't know. Maybe I'm just overworked, whatever. And then this morning, I went to take the same gummy vitamins, and I realized that it was gummy melatonin. And so I had taken like 10 gummy melatonin yesterday morning, and then was just like a zombie walking around my house being like... I I guess I just roofied myself by accident. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, but so you're wearing your Fitbit to monitor your sleep. To monitor my sleep because I've just been so like tired and like why am I tired? Mm-hmm. Is it because I'm old? Yes, probably. <laughs> but also, what is going on? Yeah. And then I found out I've only been sleeping like four to five hours of sleep a, a, really? a day. So I've been limiting my coffee. The caffeine, um, yeah. That's been happening. But then I've been dealing with depression because of my lack of caffeine. Oh, yeah, and the headaches and all of it. Like all the withdrawal it. is real. Yeah, I don't know how to dose myself in life. What's your, what's been like the most embarrassing max? Because I can say for myself, I've, I've gone through a period of time where I was having like four Red Bulls a day throughout uh, the day and then going like, I'm not sleeping at night, but the Red Bull has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. Yeah. The caffeine doesn't affect your sleep at all. Not at all. Um, I would say like four or five a day is like my max yeah. for coffee. Today I'm on um, two coffees because I wanted to have some sort of personality with you. God bless. Thank you. Because without <laughs> caffeine, I have no personality. Well, okay. Don't. We were talking right before you're in the middle of writing right now. Yes. Okay. So tell, uh, walk me through this, the process for Pose, which uh, I, I I watched the pilot and it's fucking phenomenal Thank and you. I love it so much. Thank you. So you're in the middle of season two comes out in a couple months. Yes. June 9th. June 9th. On FX. On FX. And so what's the process right now that you're in? So we're writing mm-hmm. and we're shooting at the same time. Oh, wow. Which is like the, the clock is ticking. Right, right, right. You know, so thank you for being here for half a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be here. 
Well, uh, so we have uh, about half the season written right now. Okay. And we're just filming episode two right now. Okay. So we have 10 episodes this season, which is two more than last. Cool. So exciting. Yes. Um. So while we're filming in New York, one of our writers, Janet Mock, is in New York mm-hmm. producing on set. Yeah. And then the rest of us, Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchek, Stephen Canals, and myself are out here finishing the scripts. Gotcha. And then we'll change up the writers. Like Stephen will go to New York or I'll go to New York. And we, we take turns producing on set. Cool. And then we keep the writer's room going until the scripts are finished. And what's... In the most layman's terms, like what's a writer's room like for people that want to get into that sort of world? But and you hear the term writer's room and you see it like parodied on like 30 Rock and things like that. Yeah. But what's an actual, in your experience, writer's room like? It's kind of, well, I was a musician before. Right. I, I want to talk. Your, yeah. Your piano so, is oh. unreal. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I learned that playing a classical piano is kind of like owning a VCR store. It's oh. like. It's fun, but no one's going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a like, fun it's party an aesthetic. <laughs> but you're not going to be employed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I learned that television is, you know, a lot of people watch. So I moved to television and I, so I relate to everything to music. Yeah. So it's kind of like playing in a band okay. when you're in a writer's room. Uh, the Pose Writers Room is only five people, so it's pretty small. Okay. Transparent um, went from like eight to ten people, depending on the season. Wow. So um, you learn to play your part. You're like, oh, mm. I I'm really good at doing this. So when when that's when it's my turn, for example, for Transparent, I was the only trans person in the writers' room for right. the first four seasons, and I went and transed everything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is great because it adds uh, a necessary level of like authenticity to a script. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I, the showrunners are kind of like the conductors mm-hmm. or the, uh, I don't know, the band leaders sure. where, you know, they bring a group of people in together mm-hmm. um, and hopefully it fits together like a nice puzzle. Right. And for Pose, um, I feel like the thing that I really lean into are like the HIV AIDS storylines. Mm-hmm. And as a former New Yorker, I was in New York for 10 years. Yeah. And so a lot of my ancestors came from the ballroom community. Oh, wow. And, you know, taught me to be the woman I am today. Yeah. So, you know, we all lean in in different areas on the writer's room. Oh, that's so interesting. I mean, do you have goofs and spoofs in the writer's room too? It feels like you guys are tackling a lot of heavy (laughs) issues, but you're allowed, uh, you are also bringing a sense of like seriousness and levity at the same time. So that to me is so interesting to balance, like making things feel real, but also not taking yourself so seriously, like finding the comedy in certain moments and finding the sincerity in others. We do have a lot of laughter and the music and the fashion is a big part of Pose. So, you know, we're always YouTubing like a flashback to the 80s and and having a little moment. (laughs) Like Tina Turner, we had a private dancer last season was one of the songs that we used in a montage. Mm -hmm. And so as I was writing that scene, I was just like playing private dancer over and over and just living my life. That's amazing. So what, how do you make um, the move from, you know, being so focused on music to writing? I mean, it must feel like there's parallels and similarities in there the way you compose are. something versus the way you compose a script. For sure. Well, it's all storytelling. Yeah. So, you know, you have your audience in mind as mm-hmm. you're writing. Sorry, I'm just looking at Jennifer Aniston's signature right here. It's really big. <laughs> there's a wooden table that if you, I know, I have to look at it like a blurry magic eye because if I like focus too hard on like some of the people that have signed this table, there's, I lose my mind. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, we're. Just, I'm just looking at, I'm just like 
stargazing uh, signatures. Uh, okay, what did you say? You were talking about uh, music. How music translates like from yes. writing and composing and performing to now writing scripts and that situation. Like, how did you move from one area to the other? So you're always thinking about your audience, right? Mm-hmm. You know, no matter who you are as a performer, as a writer, um, but you're also thinking about the content that you're creating and the experience that you had that relates to that content mm-hmm. and then relating to the audience. Because mm-hmm. art is reflection, right? Yeah. People turn to art, people turn to entertainment to see themselves and to validate their experience in yeah. life. That's psychologically what I believe happens in art. Mm-hmm. And so with music, it's uh, it's quicker because you have the audience of live performance there. Yeah. So you have a reaction. Um, with television, though, you kind of have to anticipate what the reaction is going to be. Mm-hmm. So you have to stay uh, awake a lot more to a culture of what's happening right now. Yeah. So I find I'm just a lot more tuned in to, you know, I'm on Twitter and... Well, th- Which I don't enjoy. Oh, that, okay, that was going to be my next line of questioning about like your relationship with social media. Because yeah. I think we're all in a very flux stage of like it's it can be powerful and helpful mm-hmm. and it can be completely toxic and <laughs> yes. discouraging at the yes. same time. And you, I mean, like I always deep dive into every guest kind of like social media presence and you are so pure and wonderful and good. Oh, <laughs> oh, but I, I'm curious as to like, yeah, hearing that you hate Twitter. I it, just don't want to get in trouble. So yeah. I'm very conservative on Twitter. That I makes really sense. am. I'm like, here's my project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very presentational. It's not like soapboxy as much. Yeah. I like to put my personality more into my art, you know. And, yeah. and my art right now is television. Mm-hmm. You know, it was music. It, you know, I'm sure it's going to change again. I'm, I'm working on a feature right now. Oh, cool. And so I have all these different things. So I like to... Anytime I have an urge to reach out and just like scream on social media, <laughs> I put it in my art. That's that's, that's a, my rule. A great rule that I think everyone could kind of take and put in their back pocket. Um, I speci- but you do sometimes clap back in a way that I think is appropriate and necessary because <laughs> I saw that the Oscars like fashion oh. thing. One, you looked fucking stunning. Thank you. And someone put you on a worst dress list, yeah. which made no sense to me because the dress you were wearing, like emerald green, like beautiful, like architectural dress, I thought was fabulous. Thank you. And I really I agree. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I wouldn't wear it if I didn't think I looked good in it. Uh, And I love that you actually were just like, this isn't like a fair assessment of this situation right now. Well, it was my first time at the Golden Globes Mm -hmm. and I had written on Transparent, which had won a Golden Globe and Mm -hmm. was nominated for Golden Globes. Um, But this is my first time at the actual ceremony. Right. So I was so happy to be there that here I'm a writer, I'm a producer on a hit show. Yeah. I'm a trans woman. Yeah. Like, do you have any idea how hard I've worked to get to Mm -hmm. this space? We all work to go into those rooms. Right. Every person that is at an awards show has worked really hard to get there. Mm -hmm. So to have women walk a red carpet and then judge what they're wearing is so infuriating. Yeah. And it's such residue of the patriarchy. Yeah. It's like unnecessary. It's not where we're going anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not judging each other by how we look. I think it's important to celebrate fashion. Yes. Because that can be really fun. And that's a beautiful art form in itself. Mm-hmm. So celebrate people who really love the way they look, like mm-hmm. how I love that dress. But don't put me on a goddamn worst dress <laughs> list because I will come for you. 
but you came for them in such a politely, elegantly respectful way that it wasn't even like, fuck you motherfuckers. It was just like, okay, here's the real like behind the scenes of how difficult it is for me to like find things that work for myself and like make me feel confident. And I thought that was just like a very elegant way of being like, no, no, Thank you. you no, have no, no, no real no. idea what's well, going it's kind on. Of, as a writer, I feel like I look at everyone as kind of being naive. I mm-hmm. really... I really don't think people are awful. I think people are misguided. And so That's a at very any moment, I wonderful have... way to see it. Yeah. <laughs> very, <laughs> well, very conservatively nice way to see it. <laughs> I just I think so because I've seen people grow so much yeah. in my lifetime. I've really seen the trans movement take off and I've seen people's hearts and minds change. Yeah. So I know that that's possible. So even if it's something petty like a dress I know someone is like going through it and maybe yeah. feeling insecure about their own lives. There's a lot of projection, I think, that yeah. happens in those situations. So why not educate? Yeah, I think that's a beautiful way to, to put it. Okay, so you just went to the GLAAD Awards. You're a member of the GLAAD board. I am. Uh, congratulations. That's Thank very you. awesome and very cool. Um, and you went and Beyonce was in the room. Beyonce was in the room. How close did you get to the bay? Oh, I, was, I didn't get very close. <laughs> I did not. I watched, I immediately the next morning, um, because my friend Hannah was there, and Mm -hmm. I heard Shangela perform like a full Beyonce thing. And I furiously just like tired at 8 a.m., like Googled, YouTube, like (laughs) give me Shangela's performance. And it was incredible. How was it being? She was incredible. It was, well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to Lizzo because Lizzo was there as well. And (gasps) Lizzo's my new favorite musician. Like she is doing everything I want music to do right Mm -hmm. now. I, I just when she comes out and plays like flute, the flute, yeah. I, I lost my shit as a classical musician. Yeah, I, I can like, imagine. This is the real deal, yeah. and I'm here for uh-huh, it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Am I allowed to curse on this? Oh, am, fucking right? course okay. you can. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I'm always like, how many f bombs can I put in a script? Oh yeah, that means like, <clears throat> I just still don't understand the rules. Oh, but anyway, yeah. so Lizzo was amazing, and then Shangela came on oh. and performed. At first, everyone thought it was Beyonce because you hear the music, and right? You're like, oh my god, Beyonce is gonna perform. Yeah. And then it's Shangela, and everyone's freaking out because Beyonce's there watching. Oh God, she was incredible. I can't imagine the pressure of performing Beyonce in front of Beyonce. No, I can't either. Oh, that's so bonkers. Um, but the awards overall were a great time. A great time. I think it was Glad's best event ever. Really? And we have another award show coming up in New York, May 4th. Oh, And fun. Madonna is going to be honored what? at that one. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm freaking out. <laughs> I'm trying to hold myself back because I know I'm just going to run up to her and say, Mommy. I'm like, Mommy, thank you. <laughs> Finally, we meet. <laughs> she kind yeah. of mothered me as a child. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's warranted to go up and have that moment. I'm but I'm sure. a professional. I'm a board member. I can't do that. But it's real. Uh, okay. You are, it seems incredibly busy and your brain works in so many fascinating, wonderful ways. What do you do to like for free time if you have any? I have dogs. and so Oh, yeah. You have two dogs, right? I have right? two dogs, okay. Liberace and TC. <laughs> TC is short for Tchaikovsky. Amazing. <laughs> so they're both just really gay classical <laughs> musicians. Um, I spend time with them. You know, uh-huh. I go hiking. I have a little dog stroller that I take them oh, in. Oh, no. You walk them I'm in a stroller? dog mom. <laughs> <laughs> when did, okay. Walk me through the decision to get the dog stroller. Well, I, I love going to like... <laughs> Museums and things, but sure. like people freak out when you bring dogs to a museum. <laughs> and so 
I didn't want my dogs, my children, I didn't want my children to hold back my lifestyle. <laughs> to keep me from, uh, you know, experiencing culture. Yes. So I know that I can take them on a hike. That's easy. Right. Obviously, I can walk them through West Hollywood, but yeah. like taking them to the Getty is a situation. And so I see all of these like cisgender folks uh-huh. with their babies in yeah. their strollers enjoying their lives. And so I think, well... I should just get a stroller for my dogs. And so I literally just put my dogs in a stroller and I pretend like it's a baby. I mean, and pretend I'm, you don't even like you to. OK. <laughs> sometimes someone will look in the stroller and see that there are two animals in there. Which honestly probably are way quieter than a baby would They're be really in a stroller. Yeah. And they love art. They love- <laughs> What's their favorite museum? Uh, the their Getty, favorite- for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they appreciate the Baroque era. That is so funny. <laughs> I've had my friend sneak her tiny dog into a hotel swaddled like a baby because it was a not a dog friendly hotel. Yeah. So I understand the correlation of it. Is it a is it do they make strollers for dogs or did they you buy do. A, it's a stroller for dogs? Okay. Yeah. But it looks like a baby stroller ish. Yeah, it looks like a baby stroller. It packs up into my Mini Cooper like perfectly. <laughs> You're living your best suburban mom life I'm, out here. I am a suburban mom living in West Hollywood. I'm a suburban gay mom. Oh my God. Also, these are great life hacks for anyone that, you know, feels like held back by their fur babies. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> like you don't have to leave them at home or yeah. you don't have to stay at home. Exactly. How old are they? Uh, Liberace, well, they're both rescues, so it's hard to tell. Sure. But you can tell by their teeth-ish. Yeah, Liberace yeah, yeah. has really bad teeth, <laughs> so we think he's like five. Mm-hmm. And TC, um, she was rescued from a meat factory in Korea, actually. Oh, wow. And we think she's around two. How did that happen? There's an activist who comes over. I'm blanking on her name right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she works with Dogs Without Borders. Okay. And uh, she convinces she educates meat factories on like why you shouldn't eat dogs. Wow. And um and then rescues the dogs when they release the dogs from the factory. Wow. And brings them over or all around the world and then people rescue these dogs. Wow, that's incredible. She has a little bit of PTSD. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I I would understand if both did. Like that's yeah. a very intense, intense, but incredible yeah. line of work to be doing. Yeah. It's, she's, she's really great. Dang. Wow. So Ticia, it's been a slow journey. Slow journey. Uh, but... I'm healing with my own PTSD <laughs> yeah. as I watched Ticia heal with her PTSD. And that's the beauty of having a dog. And that's, you know, art heals in a way. Yeah. So I'm glad they're getting out there. Okay. We're gonna take a really quick break. But when we get back, we have more questions for Our Lady J on Not Too Deep. We'll be right back. No. No. This episode of Not Too Deep is brought to you by one of my favorite brands, Third Love, with more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind for perfect fit and premium feel. You just answer a few simple questions on their Third Love's Fit Finder quiz to find your perfect fit in like 60 seconds. Then, thanks to Third Love's 100% fit guarantee, you can wear, wash, and put your bra to the test for 60 days. And if you don't love it, you can return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. This is hands down the most comfortable bra that you'll ever own. They have straps that don't slip. They have tagless labels. It's lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. I mean, it's got it all. And I always say this. I I love this company because they truly have... um, convinced me that I don't just need to wear sports bras every day because I am a creature of comfort and habit. And they are truly, truly 
the most comfortable actual bras that I've ever worn. Uh, they know that there's a perfect fit for everyone. So right now they're offering you beautiful listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash grace now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove, T-H-I-R-D-L-O-V-E dot com slash grace for 15% off today. Not, not too deep. Oh, are you ready to turn your dream into a reality? Well, then guess what? Today's sponsor, Squarespace, can help you do that. They make it easier than ever for you to launch your passion project. Do you want to start a business, showcase work, publish content, sell products or more, they are the tool for you. They have beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about anything with a few clicks so you can easily make a beautiful website all by yourself. Plus, they have a powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online and they offer analytics that help you grow your site in real time. Plus, everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. There's nothing to patch or upgrade ever, whatever that means. I don't even know. Buying domains is super simple, and you'll get the help you need, if you need it, with their 24-7 award-winning customer support. They empower millions of people, designers to lawyers, artists to gamers, restaurants to gyms. You can turn your great ideas into something real. Go to squarespace.com grace for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code grace to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's Square squarespace.com slash grace offer code grace let's talk about dolly parton how did the you have a you have a, a pure friendship with dolly parton how I did an this session <laughs> somehow has not turned into a cease and desist like, i don't know you're allowed to be within five feet of her i am i'm actually allowed to hug her yeah okay talk me through how did this happen uh so I was performing these songs in New York mm-hmm. when I was a singer-songwriter in New York doing that whole thing. Yeah. I, I did this concert once a year called The Gospel of Dolly. Oh, man. Because Dolly was a big part of my childhood. My mm-hmm. grandma loved her. And, you know, I'm a hillbilly. I'm from, like, a <laughs> village of 200 people, like Amish Mennonite. Right, you're in pe- from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah. yeah. We're in Pennsylvania? Southern Central. So it's the northern tip of the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, wow. Okay. Cumberland Valley around there. Okay. My brother went to Carnegie Mellon out okay. there, so. Um, I've driven from Manhattan That's to like smart Pittsburgh. People, <laughs> yeah, I mean also- not to say that I don't come from smart people. <laughs> But there is a weird, like, southern kind of vibe in Pennsylvania that I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm from that area okay. where, I mean, I'm a proud hillbilly. I love it. I love my family. <laughs> I love my community. Uh-huh. But it's very different than, you know, coastal city living. Sure. So when I was in New York, I was, I decided to sing these Dolly songs because mm-hmm. she has these amazing gospel songs that don't have any religious dogma to them. Oh, They're just all about like lifting everyone up mm-hmm. and loving and having a good time in life. Yeah. So my f- dear friend, Stephen Aremus, mm-hmm. music directed her nine to five Broadway show. Oh, wow. And gave her a copy of a bootleg of my concert, along with like an article that paralleled our lives that was from Time Out New York. Amazing. And then my album. Uh-huh. And she listened to it in her tour bus. Oh, my gosh. Both albums. Uh-huh. And then asked to meet me. And I swear, I thought she was going to hand me a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what did? what's your reaction when you hear that Dolly Parton wants to meet you? <laughs> I was teaching at the time. So this was in 2008 or 2009, okay. I guess. Um, 10 years ago. Oh, my God. Wow. And I was teaching and I just looked at my phone and I got the text and I just excused myself in the classroom. <laughs> I said, children, okay, you're going to have to deal with this. Don't set yourselves on fire. I have to attend to Dolly Parton. So 
<laughs> Wait, so it was the text to meet right now at no, that moment? No, it was oh, just okay. like, Dolly wants to meet you. Yeah. And then the You're rest like, of the day. I, I have to go just, gather myself. It's a left. family emergency. <laughs> the school burned down. <laughs> so I, I met Dolly like the next week. Uh-huh. Um, and she was just so gracious and kind. And she wanted to thank me for singing her songs. Oh, she that's... went through the set list of like what her favorite songs were. Oh, my What gosh. she loved about each song. Oh. She's just so present. She's like the Buddha. Yeah. You really feel like you're with Buddha when you're with her because she's so secure in who she is. Yeah, and, yeah. And that translates to generosity. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. She, yeah, it's, she's one of those people that you hope is as like genuinely wonderful as you imagine her to be. She really is. Oh, that's so and incredible. And then she actually later, like a year later, I had a fundraiser called Boob Aid uh-huh. for my boobs. Yeah. Um, and oh, she, yeah, I she heard. donated That's incredible. some 8x10s that she autographed and we auctioned everything off online because it was before Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tori Amos donated something, RuPaul, That's Rosie inc- O'Donnell. Incredible. So like the community came together for yeah. my tatas. That's incredible. For the, for the people, by these, the people. Yeah, these are the most famous set of tits ever. I'm actually, full disclosure, I'm on my second pair now. <laughs> So that was the first pair. Oh, okay. Well, are they like in a uh, like shadow box somewhere? I have them in like- a drawer. At home. <laughs> <laughs> you have just- to get Dolly to sign them at some I point. Do. And put them in like a glowing shadow box. Yeah, make your own tiny Smithsonian <laughs> in your house. It'd be amazing. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Um, so when, how long ago did you move out to Los Angeles? Nine years ago. Nine years ago. Yeah. And how was it going from New York to LA? Um, I felt. Like New York was going through like a bed bug moment. Yeah. T- <laughs> like literally and metaphorically. Literally in 2010. Yes. Do you I, remember that? I got bed bugs in New York I in 2010. Too. Oh my God. I lived off the Marcy JMZ stop for three months and my roommate and I literally got bed bugs and then Ugh. I ended up moving to Park Slope for the last three years. Ugh. But I trusted nothing after I'm that. I'm itching right now. I know. <laughs> like, I, same here. It just, I, I left New York during mm-hmm. the, the bed bug plague of 2010. <laughs> the apocalypse, yeah. I left everything. I left my piano there. You did? I literally started everything over. Wow. I just needed a fresh break. Yeah, did you come here with any sort of job opportunities or no, just kind of no, came here blind came here. and like- Blind. I actually put everything in trash bags in my parents' barn <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Amazing. <laughs> and then started everything new and then eventually moved the things that I wanted out Sure, here. sure, sure. How would you describe your experience in New York? Because um, you were there for 10 years? Yeah, I was there for 10 years. Yeah. At first, you know, New York is for either young or rich people. Folks. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> correct. I am so glad that I lived in New York first and then came to LA because I think if I came to LA first, I'm from New Jersey originally, okay. mm-hmm. that I don't think I would have been like uh, risky enough to yeah. go to New York because it's a or very de- stressful. Desperate enough. Or desperate. Yeah, it's a very stressful city to live in. It is. So it was fun. Like I was there, I moved there when I was 21. And um, I felt like I lived the life that I wanted to live there. Mm-hmm. The debauchery, the scandals, uh-huh. all of it. Yes. And then um, and then that got kind of tiring. Um, I yeah. got really tired. <laughs> I moved to L.A. and I realized I hadn't slept in 10 years. <laughs> and now you have your Fitbit because it's happening again. Because <laughs> yes, I'm not sleeping, but that's more work related. But for good reason <laughs> for good now. Reasons. Yeah, not for desperation reasons now. Um, what do... What, what's what been, like, I know you've been going, based on your um, Instagram, you go to a lot of Hollywood parties. What is your relationship with, like, bougie Hollywood party situations? Oh, Lord. It feels like, 
Well, I'm always curious to know because I feel like everyone always has a story of either embarrassing themselves or like seeing someone across the room that they can't believe or sure. just like the sheer insanity of all of it. Well, it feels like a lot of pressure to represent because yeah. there are very few trans people who are invited to these spaces. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like a real gratitude when I walk into them. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, I get to do this. Um, yeah. You know, I'm... I'm I'm doing the work. I'm also representing my community. So I I just don't want to fuck up right, <laughs> when yeah. I'm there. And then I realize that that stress is just too much. And I just need to like let that go. Yeah. And have fun. That's so good. I hopefully I try to have fun, but I'm also sober, so I'm not really that much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but those situations are just so compounded stress, regardless, that everything else that you have to represent there is just like they are. I can't even imagine. And everyone's it's a lot. working. You right. know, everyone's yeah. like networking mm -hmm. and like trying to talk to the most powerful producers yeah. and the most powerful directors and oh, the most gosh. famous people. So it feels a little weird for my hillbilly ass to, to like <laughs> to fake that because right. I'm not really that good at faking things because I'm just a hillbilly. Right. <laughs> But I see that's what I relate to more than if you put on this air of being like a fully in, like self-important Hollywood asshole, you know? Yeah, well, totally. But then you're also wearing like these gorgeous gowns and makeup <laughs> yeah. and you're like, well, I don't want to mess that up. Yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. So I guess like it's just like a really frenetic thing in your in your head. Sure. By the end of the night, you're like, what was that? Yeah. I feel like I just got hit by a train. It's a fever dream. It's a fe total fever dream. Uh, is there a question that you hate getting asked the most or that you're just so over answering? Um, well, for a while, people just asked about surgeries all the time. Yeah. Um, but the the trans activists have kind of educated the world about that. Oh, interesting. Which is great. Mm -hmm. um, so journalists don't really ask me that anymore. That's good. Which is nice. Yeah. But I'm happy to offer up, you know, who the best plastic surgeon is in LA. <laughs> they give some referrals. I know all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you even go about finding the right person for that? Um, just like word of mouth have confessed a lot to me. Really? I think because my transness is visible mm -hmm. and it's obvious that I have been to doctors. Sure. Because I'm a six foot two trans woman. Right. And this beauty did not come from God. <laughs> <laughs> so you've gotten a lot of great so recommendations. So people come up to me and they just, because it's so hush hush in Hollywood where That's you're so like, you don't talk about your surgery. You don't talk about sure. this. Because there's a lot of stigma and like, oh, I'm naturally beautiful. Mm -hmm. But a lot of women have come up to me and told me everything. Really? So I hold a lot of secrets. <laughs> you have a full Pandora's box a right pa now. But I know all the doctors to go to. Oh, that's amazing. Um, okay. What? Because you act as well. Mm. <laughs> okay. Never mind. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of write myself cameos because... <laughs> I think it's like a nice Alfred Hitchcock thing for me to do. Mm -hmm. Like in Transparent, I was in season two, I was in the flashback of Berlin as a cabaret pianist. Oh, that's great. And then in season four, I was in a flashback of 1980s trans pageant classical pianist. Oh, amazing. And then in season one of Pose, I was a I was in the AIDS cabaret uh -huh. as like this demure um, like Broadway pianist. Oh, that's incredible. So I kind of write myself these like weird pianist roles. But you also, uh, you kind of stereotype yourself as a pianist. 
<laughs> well, I've written myself lines every time and somehow they always get cut. So I just don't think I'm a very good actor. You just keep trying. I just like, keep trying. What I actually have my SAG after part now because of it. I had to join SAG. Yeah, like, what if the piano player says something like this? I don't know. I, Whoever I, we get to play this part. Well, for Pose, we didn't even write any lines. Her name was Sherilyn. Uh-huh. So Sherilyn didn't have any lines. But in the moment... Um, there was this weird moment with um, MJ who plays a Blanca and mm-hmm. she comes over to the piano and she's like, do you have this in your book? And I was like, oh, wait, I don't have any lines. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the mic didn't pick it up. So I actually had to ADR. You had to go to ADR to, to go, ADR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which must be the most weirdly, like oddly stressful <laughs> thing to like line up your mouth making those noises. I did like four different takes. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, she is a backstory. <laughs> she is a full backstory. Uh, is there uh, is there a project uh, or like a genre of something that you haven't worked on yet that you would love to do? I want to do a thriller so Oh, bad. really? Yes. I feel like my life is a psychological thriller. And I would <laughs> like so? to put that on screen. Wait, how so? Just, you know, maneuvering um, in the world today is okay. really scary. Yeah. Um, or it can be scary and it can be really exciting as well. Yeah. And I've always looked at, you know, Andy Warhol always talked about like looking at life like a movie, like you're mm-hmm. in a movie and how that takes away anxiety. And I did that from a really young age um, when I was looking at like the bullies on the playground. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm in a movie and I'm going to be a star. I'm the underdog <laughs> exactly. that the audience is rooting for right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to exceed all expectations. Yeah. And just the swan. I'm going to become a swan someday. Mm-hmm. And I felt like like having that narrative in my life has really helped me yeah. um, get through tough times. Oh, that's so interesting. It's such a very creative way to think about that. That seems very helpful. I think my therapist, you know, probably has diagnosed it as something. <laughs> your therapist is like, this is not the way that you should be handling yes. this. Uh, we but should you're be ha- surviving. <laughs> yeah, we should be so. handling trauma head on. Yes. Um, not calling it the third act right <laughs> <Exactly>. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're at the midpoint. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but would the, would the horror thriller be musically intertwined I am working on I'm working on a play right now actually cool um I can't say too much about no no it, worries but it's, it's about a classical musician and you know there's murder involved and Ooh. it's historical uh fiction cool um and so it's turning into like a little bit of a psychological thriller mm-hmm. but knowing me it'll just probably turn into a weepy drama <laughs> Like in my head, it's a psychological thriller, but the, oh, uh, that's just really sad. Yeah. <laughs> but you're like, no, this is really scary. Exactly. <laughs> what um is there anything that you watch like guilty? I hate calling it guilty pleasure because I always like because I love reality television. That's like my escapism. <laughs> sure. But is there anything that you watch that's like completely different than what you work on? That's just for you to oh. relax. Um, for me to relax, or just to like I feel like um. I don't know. I, I'm on Instagram a lot and I oh, watch yeah. a okay. lot of videos about eyebrows. Who? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this then. Who do you follow? Like who's like your go-to person that you look at on Instagram? Um, I don't have like a go-to person. I go to the search area because it oh, knows like the my explore page. algorithm so, yeah. so well. It mm-hmm. only shows me drag queens and like teenage makeup <laughs> tutorial videos. <laughs> <laughs> or like AMS, AMSR, is that? ASMR. Yeah, ASMR. Which I was going to say, you have just hearing your voice in the headphones. Yeah, are, does that affect you 
And it does a little bit. Yeah, I, feel like I get tingles. I was going to say, you have a voice that's like perfect for being an ASMR oh, thank you. person in that, that world. just years of testosterone plaguing <laughs> my body. <laughs> well, if you get sick of writing, you have a backup career thank if you, you. need to, because it's very trendy right now. I, I enjoy those videos a lot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, I think, the most... Um, accurate way to find out about a person is to look at their Instagram explore page because mm. it really just reflects what they're interested in. <laughs> totally. And sometimes mine I look at and I go, who are you? <laughs> like, what <laughs> happened? When did this become this? It's I have so nice. friends, a friend of mine complained to me recently. He's like, I only see like muscly men on my Instagram. I'm like, well, that's because that's you. <laughs> like, you only look at muscly men. Yeah. <laughs> and it's predicting. Your phone is tracking all the things that yeah. you like and presenting them back to you to try and please your, you know, visual senses. Yeah, I just comment on a lot of drag queens. I'm like, yeah. Do you have a favorite drag queen or like? Oh, I couldn't possibly. Yeah, it's too much. Miss Fame, I really love. I love everything she's doing in the world with Talk her about fashion like and aesthetic. Elegance and Ugh. just like composure and yeah. actual artistic talent. Yes. I watch her YouTube tutorials of makeup tutorials mm -hmm. all the time. And it's so, she's always just so composed. She is. And Do you calm. have her new lippies? She has a new yes. lip lineup. She sent me a couple uh, of them and they're, they're, so they're like the magnetic lit, like lids it's are, incredible. I was like, why don't, why doesn't every lipstick do this? Yes, they're totally. Amazing. And they're so beautiful. Like to put oh, in their a package, little clutch. Uh, they're packaged so, so elegantly. It makes me feel like I'm more capable than I am just by having them in my <laughs> totally. house. Um, okay, we're going to take one last break. And when we get back, we have a bunch of Twitter questions for you, if you do not mind. Okay. Inquiring minds want to know your least favorite social media platform is where we source <laughs> all of these questions from. So we'll be right back with Our Lady J. Let's get something straight. I'm talking about your teeth. No offense, but if you got offended by that, then listen up. The Smile Direct Club straightens your teeth for 60% less than braces with clear aligners sent directly to you. You go online and book a free 3D image at one of their smile shops or order an at-home impression kit and you will be emailed a preview of your new smile. Once you get your aligners, one of the Smile Direct Club's duly licensed doctors will check in on your progress every 90 days. Most new smiles take six months on average. Visit SmileDirectClub.com for real before and after photos from some of their 550,000 plus satisfied grinners. Okay, you heard that number, right? Let that sink in. 550,000 plus satisfied grinners. Again, get a free 3D image of your smile at one of Smile Direct Club's smile shops or a $25 rebate on an at-home impression kit. And then just for our listeners, you can receive $100 off your clear liners when you go to smiledirectclub.com slash podcast and use the offer code GRACE100. Again, that's $100 off at smiledirectclub.com slash podcast, offer code GRACE100, smiledirectclub.com slash podcast, offer code GRACE100. Not, not too deep. Support for today's show comes from Bare Minerals, creators of clean beauty, purity in formulation, and uncompromising performance have always been the guiding principles of Bare Minerals because they believe that makeup and skincare should make your skin better, not just better looking. Take a second and let that 
seep in like their beautiful bare mineral makeup. This has been their philosophy since they began the clean beauty revolution in 1995 with their best-selling original foundation, which offers creamy, lightweight, buildable coverage that's naturally luminous. The clean formula is made with only five Good for skin ingredients. Surprise, they're all minerals, including non-chemical SPF protection. Makeup so pure, you can sleep in it. And Lord knows, I fall asleep in it, whether makeup companies want me to or not. But it's great to know that I actually can with Bare Minerals, and it actually improves your skin over time. It's everything that your skin needs and nothing it doesn't. For Bare Minerals to be clean without compromise means good for skin formulas with proven performance like every Bare Minerals product. It's 100% cruelty-free and better yet, both the original and matte loose powder foundations are available in 30 shades, so upgrade to clean beauty products. Use the foundation finder at bareminerals.com to find your perfect match. First-time customers will get 15% off when you use the promo code NOTTOODEEP. That's bareminerals.com, promo code NOTTOODEEP for 15% off your first purchase. Bare Minerals, the power of good. Okay, we are back. And before we get into these Twitter questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, Very intense. Oh, wow. It's probably like someone from my past. <laughs> there was this preacher <laughs> in my church. He was such a dick. He was like the youth minister. That and he about told right. us that like gay people deserved AIDS and just wow. like really bad wow. stuff. Really bad stuff. Yeah. And a lot of my trauma comes from having to go to church three times a week as a child. Three times a week. Three times a week. Wow. And hearing these derogatory comments made about who I was. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't have the word for trans back then, but I'm sure if they did, he would have been preaching against it. So I want to throw cold spaghetti. I would love to witness that (laughs) firsthand. That would be incredible. Uh, okay. The other question is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or like (laughs) a close call, but you can only use three words or three small phrases interchange. Like, so mine is (laughs) college jogging front lawn. Yeah. And it can be a close okay, call. It's going to get dark. Oh, I love that you have a story. Sometimes people are like, it's never happened to me. It's really dark. <laughs> AIDS pills, <gasps> newly diagnosed, <laughs> late for work. Oh, no. <laughs> I've been living with HIV for 16 years. Yeah. I'm undetectable mm-hmm. and I'm a proud HIV advocate and mm-hmm. activist because I want people to know that it's no longer the death sentence that it used to be. Yeah. Undetectable is also untransmittable. Mm-hmm. So like we can fuck and you're not going to get it from me. Right, right. Um, not to me, to anyone right now, but <laughs> I'm just saying like <laughs> yeah. that's like the but truth But I think of that's it. what people need to yeah. hear that kind of, because uh, yeah. I think the biggest misconception, what would you say the biggest misconception is, is that, that it's you're like all contagious of a sudden- and you're this pariah to society and you're going to be dead in a minute. But it's just not true. You can mm-hmm. live a long and healthy life. And I'm putting this out there mostly for the men that I date <laughs> so that they can hear it. They can and fully not, understand. And not be afraid to go out on a date with me. Yeah, I think that um, that's so important. I was seeing a couple articles recently or in, within the last year of you being so much more vocal about that. And that's in the first episode of Pose. Yeah. You know, and so I was like, this is really helpful because I do think that a lot of people it's just hearsay and then they believe beliefs rather yeah. than facts. And they freak out. And I've seen it so many times with like, I've had a lot of important connections with um, men that have ended because of the stigma around HIV AIDS. Hmm. 
So, you know, it's personal. You must be exhausted constantly educating I'm people. <laughs> That's why I'm saying it on a podcast. So I don't have to say it on a date. You're like, it's all out there now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think that is hugely important. And I, I hope is. that that continues the momentum of allowing people to understand it and educate yeah. themselves on it rather than just assume. Totally. But yeah. 16 years ago, the meds were not as good as they are today. So I shot my pants. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. There we go. <laughs> okay, let's get into these Twitter questions. Uh, someone wants to know, thoughts on RuPaul's Drag Race. Do you think mm. it's helping people be more open-minded towards the idea of transgenderism? Transgenderism? That's the word they use. Oh, that, I like that word, actually. Is that an actual word? I don't think that's an actual word, but okay. I like it. I sure. like all words. <laughs> um, I think all the content that we can get out there that has um, that is LGBT focused or LGBTQIA mm-hmm. inclusive is helping every part of the community. So I would say, yeah, I think that um, drag race is helping people understand their relationship to gender, mm-hmm. which therefore helps them um, be more open to a trans person. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, it's uh, the same way that you kind of focus a lot of your personal life experience into the storytelling that you do. Mm-hmm. It's always been so impactful for me when I watch Drag Race to just hear personal stories, everyone's personal story, totally. and um, really realize how much more complicated and different every person's story is. Yeah. And Gia Gunn did a lot of great work on the last All Stars. Yeah. Explaining the difference between drag and transness. Yeah. And how those two can um, intersect and and come together. I think that was really great. So I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Um, Someone just asked, what is love? What is love? (laughs) I guess love is the absence of fear. Is that true? Whoa, that is a beautiful, beautiful (laughs) thing to say. Yeah, I I believe that's true. Right? Uh, you should put that in a song somewhere. I'm sure it's in a Jewel song somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tori Amos is doing it somewhere. Uh, someone wants to know, when's the last time you went to the dentist? Um, a uh, month ago. Oh, God bless. That just literally reminded me that I haven't been in like a year and a half. I'm like, I take care of my teeth. Good for you. It's a recent thing. It's really? like a recently employed with What's your thing. What is your, because self-care is something that I think a lot of people focus on. Now it's becoming very, not trendy is the right word, but it's just becoming necessary. What's your like go-to self-care? I have an eight-step skincare regimen. Excuse you, what? Four steps in the morning, four steps at night. Can we know about this? Well, is it just different products? Cleaner. Uh-huh. And different cleaner, morning, different cleaner at night. Okay. In the morning I use an exfoliating cleanser. And then at night I use an oil-based cleanser. Okay. And then the second step is toner, which I use both same morning and night. Mm-hmm. And then the third step is a serum. And in the morning I use like a redness reducing serum okay. and then at night i use like a skin cell regenerating serum Ooh. and then the fourth step is moisturizer and in the morning i use an F- spf based moisturizer and at night i use a thicker mask there you go those are my eight steps they, i mean eight sounds like a lot but then when you break it down i'm like that seems pretty common it's pretty sense quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like and also i'm like oh man i gotta really invest in some stuff well, i'm 40 so like <laughs> Well, you don't look a day over 29. So how dare you? I guess it works. <laughs> um, someone wants to know, does Billy Porter's red carpet tux dress double as a teepee? <laughs> Is that what's meant by camp? <laughs> I think so. I think that's what camp means. It means yeah. that you can be with an LGBT person in the wilderness and you're going to survive. 
I love that look so much. Oh my gosh. I thought, did you, you saw- It was incredible. I did. I love Billy, first of all, as a human being and as an artist Mm -hmm. and now as a fashion icon. Oh my God. And also I was just shocked that we had never seen anything like that before. Yeah. I was shocked that it- was so shocking, I guess, because I was just like, this is perfect. This is wonderful. I yeah. love this. Yeah. Um, I, I love I love the look. And I also like to think that maybe it would house, uh, it would double as housing if you <laughs> need it in a storm. <laughs> or maybe like the Nutcracker, like in the grandmother and the Nutcracker yeah, when go. all the ballerinas come out from under the dress. <laughs> Like, yeah. I want Billy to go full on performance art at the, at the next red carpet. <laughs> or at least just the devil's as an Airbnb for someone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so, wants to know most underrated fast food chain? Are you a fast food person? I don't eat fast food Ooh, ever. Good for you. What's your like guilty pleasure food then? Chocolate covered pretzels. Ooh, really? Yeah. Whoa. That's specific. <laughs> Yeah, I like the salty and the sweet. To balance, yeah, to balance it all just out. Carbs, and I'm allergic to gluten, so oh. and I'm technically allergic to white uh, sugar as well, like cane sugar. Jeez. And so I just have a full on <laughs> relapse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. um, well, someone wants to know best taco you've ever eaten. I like fish tacos. Oh, okay. Mm. I also like fish tacos. There They're pretty go. great. Thoughts on Taylor Swift? Um. Taylor Swift, I love that she's becoming more vocal with mm-hmm. her politics. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in the 2016 election, I was glad she did that. It's really rare for pop stars to do that because mm-hmm. they really have such a broad audience that they risk losing a lot. So yeah. I think that was really brave of her. And I like that she just donated like millions of dollars to this LGBT organization I saw that. in the South, right? Yeah. Uh, in Tennessee, was it? Yeah. It was something, yes, recently. Um, and I heard my friend, I heard Tyler Oakley talk about it on a podcast. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So she's putting Love her money where her, her mouth is. Yeah. Uh, is there a music uh, artist that you would want to collaborate with that you haven't yet? Um, Whitney Houston. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> fingers crossed that that happens in the future. <laughs> I'm really hoping uh, it happens. Anyone that is still Alive. currently with us <laughs> I've been lucky to work with so many people that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to think. Uh, well, I just mentioned Lizzo, how much I love her. Yeah. I is love there, to work with her. I mean, that seems like a collaboration that should happen. Yeah. The piano, the flute. The, the soul singing uh-huh. with the piano. I would love that. Uh, Lizzo, call me for your album. Please. It comes out next week. I know it's too late, but maybe the next one. <laughs> the next one. Um, someone says, how do you get a cool chosen name to stick? Oh, that's cool. Well... I have two chosen names. Mm-hmm. So I had my birth name and then I changed my name uh, legally to another name. And uh-huh. then I have my pseudonym, which is registered with the WGA and the <laughs> Television Academy and SAG, which is uh, Our Lady J. Yeah. And I think any name that you want to stick, you just have to repeat it and then kind of hide the other name. There you so go. I don't even tell people my legal name. Really? My friends know my legal name. I don't think people at work even know knows my legal name. I'm sure Ryan Murphy does, but he's never called me that. Yeah, because like, everyone Janet calls never, you. They call me Jay. They call me Lady Jay. How did Our Lady Jay come to be? I was reading Our Lady of the Flowers in oh. 2003 uh-huh. and was just in love with these characters. And I knew that I was going to be transitioning shortly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was more along the spectrum of gender, sure. less on the binary than I am now. Um, and so I wanted Our Lady something. And my birth name was a J. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to change my legal name to a J. So I stuck with the J. 
Oh, so it all came from you. It wasn't given by someone else or influenced by someone no, else. Oh, no, amazing. I w- wish I had like some fabulous mother, <laughs> like drag mother in the community who gave it to me. But no, I was just reading a book by myself and I gave it to me. <laughs> I love that. Art comes from everywhere. Um, someone asked, what is it like getting to be part of such a groundbreaking history making show? Was the weight of the importance of it overbearing or did it help drive everyone? I don't want to sound like an asshole, but do they mean transparent or post? Because I've been lucky to be on two. I think, I mean, they don't say shows. specifically. Um, Maybe th- post because that's the, the newest. Yeah, I would say post. I, I mean, do you, because it is so important, do you find that the weight of wanting to make something, you know, so true to yourself overwhelming or is that more of a motivating thing? It can thing? be overwhelming for sure, mm-hmm. but you have to learn how to deal with that, Yeah, with the pressure. Um, you know, if I sit down in front of a blank screen and think about the millions of people that are going to hear my words, yeah. I'm just going to freeze. That's so, terrifying. Yeah, I just have to put that out of my mind. I'm sure you know what this is like when you when you make a YouTube video or whenever you're doing a podcast. Yeah, or if anything. you overthink it too much, then just, you'll never create the thing that you really yeah. want to. So you have to focus on what you're making and then also see yourself as not the center of it. You're just kind of... Um, being of service to something that is much bigger than you. Oh, that's interesting. That that relieves any nerves. Yeah, that's a very great way to think about it. It's almost like musical collaboration, I imagine. Like you're part of a band. Yeah, it's actually not me. Yeah. I'm I'm part of something and I get to do this. Oh, that's so great. Instead of like, I have to do this and it's all about me. Do you have a pump up song that you listen to when you're like getting ready to be creative? I listen to gospel music a lot. You do? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What are your go-tos? Uh, Kurt Franklin. Because um, I'm not familiar with gospel music at all. But for anyone out there that wants to like listen yeah, to anything. I think, well, A Stand is my favorite. Okay. I would say my favorite gospel song of all time. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I also listen to the Preacher's Wife soundtrack a lot. <laughs> with Whitney Houston. Oh, yeah. oh you love Whitney. <laughs> I really love Whitney. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I look, I listen to jock jams. Everyone has their Amazing. genre. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay. What's next for you? What's coming up? Um, well, we're getting post season two out right? and hopefully that will come back for a season three. That's very exciting. Cause mean, you don't know yet, right? About season three. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, I'm developing, uh, two shows that I can't talk about. But that's very exciting. Yeah. Ominous, vague, and yes. exciting. <laughs> but as a creator, I'm developing these shows and then the play that I'm working on and then a little feature. Amazing. So there's always things on the back burner. Yeah. And then, you're you know, busy. Busy. You're being busy. I try to. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks Before you leave, um, we give every guest that's made time for <gasps> us a personalized fortune cookie. Oh my gosh. So this is for you. you. You can open it and read it. You don't have to eat it, obviously. Especially, I, I don't I, know. I about didn't see a fortune. Like, what? what did I <laughs> yeah, you've been pranked. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh wow! Did you put this in here? We shoved it in there <laughs> for sure. Somewhere in this world, there is a private Catholic school that goes by Our Lady J, but also a marijuana dispensary. Is that true? No, not at all. 
<laughs> it's just a hope and a desire. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. Okay, where can people find you on social media, online? Instagram's my jam, mm-hmm. Our Lady J. I'm on Twitter, but I'm pretty quiet. And I'm really quiet on Facebook. So Great. follow me on Instagram. And then Pose is on FX. FX coming out June 9th. Awesome. Well, guys, please go check out Our Lady J. She's absolutely wonderful and just like a complete Renaissance woman. Um, thank you again so much for being thank here. Thank you. So great meeting you. Vice versa. And we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. This episode of Not Too Deep has been brought to you by Bare Minerals. As the creators of Clean Beauty, Bare Minerals is driven by a philosophy that makeup and skincare should make your skin better, not just better looking. And that's why their best-selling original foundation is made with only five ingredients. Surprise, surprise. They're all minerals. For Bare Minerals to be clean without compromise means good for skin formulas with proven performance. So upgrade to clean beauty products. Use the foundation finder at bareminerals.com to find your perfect match. And all you first-time customers, you will get 15% off when you use the promo code not too deep. Bare Minerals, the power of good. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer and edited by Melissa D. Mons, writing by Diane Kang, production assistance by Katrina Henning, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. Too deep, too deep, too deep, not too deep, was Grace Helbig. Whatever struggles you are facing, from depression and anxiety to trauma and grief, BetterHelp can connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, as well as chat and text with your therapist. And anything you share is completely confidential. Best of all, it is affordable, and you will get 10% off your first month with the discount code GRACE. So why not get started? Go to betterhelp.com grace. Fill out a questionnaire to get matched with a counselor that you'll love today. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Montz, 